You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Freedom of movement, the right to privacy. Both are concepts you've probably thought about a little bit differently since the lockdowns and civil liberty intrusions that started in 2020. Even farther back, if you really think about it. Well, our friends at privacypost.io have you covered of something that you're probably going to want to know about if you value both of those things. Privacypost.io is a privacy by default virtual mail and business center designed for the location independent, expat, and international entrepreneur community. Anyone seeking financial freedom should consider privacypost.io. Their services include virtual mail, a professional business address, privacy trust services, company formation, and a Portugal D7 residency and virtual domicile in the privacy-respecting and income-tax-free state of South Dakota. PrivacyPost.io protects you from third parties, overreaching government agencies, and complicit cloud-based platforms invading your personal, private, and business information. Privacy is freedom of association, expression, commerce, and mobility. Isn't it time you took it a bit more seriously? PrivacyPost.io is your partner in freedom. Go to PrivacyPost.io for more information today. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. Well, hello, my lovelies. Uh, this is not Remzo Martinez, but you're listening to On the Run with Remzo Martinez. Um, I am Trisha Stewart-Mann. Some of you know me from the We Are Libertarians Network. Uh, I'm a fellow podcaster on there. And I have another We Are Libertarians um, podcaster as well. The host of Enemy of My Enemy is joining me today on On the Run, Hody Johns. Hody, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's fun to do on the run with Remzo Martinez without Remzo Martinez. <laughs> <Right. It's- laughs> I'm pretty much the next closest thing to Remzo, right? <laughs> it, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, you and him, I mean, I, I can't think of how demographically you could possibly be more different. <laughs> yes. If we were in the room, people might think we're twins. Uh, but seriously, just just for a moment, Remzo did lose his voice, um, so he's still able to put out his content. I, I think he does two shows a week on there, and he has several other projects he works on. But give give a little shout out and a prayer to Remzo that he gets his voice back, because obviously in this business, um, it's something really important. I know that our 
you know, founder, Chris, lost his voice for a month, and that was really difficult. So sometimes people forget that if your voice is your um, way of making money, that having a cold or getting, you know, the flu or anything can be a lot more detrimental than just losing a few days of work. So, so I asked Cody to come on today because I wanted to talk about something that I thought was relevant now in my life. And then just as far as like most people's lives with, you know, the shutdowns after the shutdowns, um, restrictions, inflation, and how it affects the service industry. We've talked about this before, um, but I wanted to touch a little bit more on the funny parts of it because Hody had posted something on social media, which was actually um, Lou, his uh, another co-host on his um, podcast, Enemy, I, My Enemy is a tattoo artist. And it was a funny, uh, I think it was a Reddit thread uh, where they were talking about how people want service for free from a tattoo artist, which obviously those people are talented. They put a lot of time and money into it. Um, and it's silly, you know, so I kept going on this thread and I'm sure you guys have done this, especially on Reddit. You can just go on for hours and hours. And the stories I read, a lot of them were about like the service industries. I'm a bartender. I've been a waitress as well. Um, part-time my whole life since I was 16, I've always done this as extra money. Um, and I know Hody has worked in restaurant management as well as service. So after reading those stories, Hody, I know you probably dug down deep into there. What were your thoughts after reading them? I mean, Choosing Beggars is the name of the Reddit. Like the, the we were specifically, I specifically linked one for tattoo artists, but yeah. the whole Reddit called Choosing Beggars is just so hilariously funny because it's people who are trying to be choosy while they are literally begging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it is so like, it, like you, this isn't, this is a, this is the usual thing. You get a service and a product. You're not getting a slave. Yes. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> you're not getting somebody who just does whatever the heck, you know, you say for the next little bit, you know, I mean, and the, the thing is, is when you pay by service, uh, we like, you're more likely to get them to do some kind of sketchy things because they want you to be happy because you pay their salary, right. you pay their money, <laughs> right? I don't make money without you. So we want to make you as happy as, as, as can possibly be. Now, in the case of tattoo artists, they, they negotiate that wage. Well, not that it even should be negotiated. Tattoo artists always say what their wages, yeah. like, Hey, it's 200 bucks an hour or something. And then somebody will be like, no, nah, I'm not paying that. And it's like, uh, okay, go to like, <laughs> I saw somebody who do it for 50 and they always say, okay, well go to that person. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, but you do a better job. It's like, yeah. Why do you think it's a, yes. why do you think the $150 difference is there? Where do you think that comes from? It is so <laughs> strange. I think this is something that's like shifted culturally over, I would say maybe like the 10, 15 years, maybe a lot of people purchasing things on the internet, reading other stories, trying to price shop or something, because it's this weird sense of entitlement that you deserve somebody else's labor or product uh, for the price that you want it, but yet you couldn't imagine doing the same thing back for somebody. Uh, do you think that this has you know, always been some sort of idea that people have in their heads that they're owed something for cheap or free, especially somebody that, you know, an artist or musician or maybe somebody in the food service industry? You know, that's that's really hard to say. One of the most ironic things when I look at the history, because I haven't been in it forever. I was in it a little bit when I was younger, dropped out of it, eventually got into mortgage. I did some paramedics in there. And then I, I, when my life fell apart, I was like, you know what? I know service works. I'm going to go back to doing that. Shorter hours, more pay, 
I'm going back to that. It was generally a good experience. Management, not so much, but getting paid, uh, you know, by tip, tips was great and everything. But when I looked at the history of it, a lot of it came about because restaurants didn't want to pay their black employees. And this is kind of like just immediately after like slavery and kind of dur- during Jim Crow and the bad time in American history. Right. And they, they, they say, well, we'll hire a bat- black employee, but we don't want to pay him like we do our white employees. And they're like, okay, well, we'll work for free then. We're just going to have your diners pay us. Mm-hmm. And what happened was the diners would pay these black people doing the service more than what the white people were making on a flat stack salary. And so it's why, because a lot of countries, people will note, oh, you don't tip in France. You don't right, tip right. in China. It's disrespectful to tip here and there. Why did this come up in America? Well, this is actually why, because we were a flat place too. You mm-hmm. pay whatever this guy says, but they found that people were enjoying the service better when you paid whatever that service was actually worth. Mm-hmm. Now, could you go in there and just be like, I don't like them kinds of people. I don't even want to say what they would say, but I don't like them kinds of people. I'm not going to pay them. Well, yes, of course, but generally Americans are not evil. And so we will pay what things are worth generally. And so these people would generally make more money than what the others were making. And so then your white employees were like, Hey, we want to make what they're making. Okay. Can you cut our salary too? Can you cut our wage too? And put us on the tip system. And that way it's like, Hey, all employees here are tipped. And then sure enough, and and it's one of the things that I love about it, because you can make you make high end accountant money working shorter hours. Yeah. And yeah. Are the hours sometimes more erratic? Of course, you work dinners and you get home at nine. You're not getting home at five. Right. But I mean, generally speaking, for something that is considered low skill, that that they will train you start to finish on the job, um, there is no education required. In fact, they encourage you to drop out of high school and middle yes. school and stuff, <laughs> you know, to keep, keep, keep that schedule wide open, please. Yeah. You know, we want you to train less and educate less. Um, and for all that, the fact that you can make it there, I think it's a fantastic thing because it's a, it's the, it's a floor, yeah. right? Anybody can do this. It's a floor. Yes. Anybody. I, that, I would that say, I, I would say <laughs> it doesn't take a genius, but I don't think anybody can do it. It takes a certain type of personality. Sure. You know what I mean? Just like a lot of sales do. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you yeah. don't need a, you know, you don't need a super high IQ and a, you know, master's yeah. degree, but you definitely need to have number one, a lot of grit and be able to put up with people talking to you like you're yep. a low person and, right. you know, long hours, like sometimes you bartending, which I don't take these shifts much anymore. Um, you know, I'm getting home at three or 4 AM after I mop an entire bar, you know? And (laughs) so it, those are really not desirable hours. And like, but like you said, you know, I obviously worked in, um, residential management, property management, and then I'm an insurance agent too. And when I lost that job from COVID, I did the same thing. As soon as the restaurants opened back up, I went back to bartending because I knew it was, you know, I can work a few days a week. I can see my kids and I can make the same amount of money. You know, um, the money you're going to make, it's, yeah. it's a great floor to have. And yeah, I mean, I, I shouldn't have said everybody, anybody can do it because no, it does I, require I a certain the spirit of what you were saying. I just always yeah. think, yeah, it requires a certain personality. And, uh, and, and I think it's one that you can learn, I guess, to be, you know, kind of people. I do think mm-hmm. there's some discipline there that, I mean, and a lot of servers don't have it and that's why they don't make it very long, but you've got to be able to deal with your bad days and realize that, 
they will be outnumbered by good days. Like if you, if you are giving, and I mean, this is why tip service came about. Like I said, people generally pay better. Now, when that tendency doesn't happen, when you say, man, I gave it my all. And that guy tipped me nothing on that $200 check. You can have a meltdown. You can treat all your other tables bad and then make nothing the rest of the night. Or you can rally and be like, that sucks, but you know what? I'm going to pick this up. I'll be okay. And I do, so I do think that there's some discipline and some, um, like you said, you called it grit. I think there's a, there's a bit of grit that you need with service just because it is inconsistent. You know, if, if you need to know that you're making that $15 an hour, no matter what happens. Yeah. You know, like then maybe serving's not for you. Yeah. But for those people who are like, man, I think I can make $30 an hour. You know, when things are going great, maybe I'll make 50. And then when people start stiffing me, maybe I'll have an hour where I actually make zero because that was my only table. You know, you just kind of got to roll with the punches. Yeah. So lately, um, what I've noticed, and I do want to apologize up front, uh, my executive producers upstairs. Generally, when I record, uh, they are able to go somewhere else, but they're snowed in today. So you might hear, you know, some baby stuff and whatever, you know, they're just working behind the scenes. Anyways. (laughs) No worries. My dogs are choking on something right at the beginning. So I'm sure that'll be fun for everybody. to And and my heat is running high. I can't turn it off for this. (laughs) Sorry, Remzo. Hope you got some good filters when you edit. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So lately, what I noticed when I had come back um, after, you know, the lockdowns and everything is that people were demanding more. And I think it's partly because, you know, people were kept inside. Also, mm-hmm. people are more scared to go out, you know, and then at being a bartender too, I work in a, a pub, it's got a very large bar and then several high tops. I would say mm-hmm. our occupancy, I think is around a hundred. It's has happened to me before why I don't have any help. And I'm the bartender and server for a hundred people. I just, Unfortunately, all of that is way too standard, but yeah, yeah keep, keep, continue. Yeah. So I, I, what I try to do initially, and I find that like as a good story, most people, if you explain this up front, say, I do apologize. I want you to know that we are short staffed in the kitchen in here. It's just me. I'm going to do my best to give you the best service I can. It's easier for you to come up to me at the bar. And I apologize for wait. If you tell people that initially, I would say 75 to 80% of them are perfectly fine. And actually they're much nicer. They'll come up and get a drink. They'll, you know what I mean? That that kind of thing, instead of trying to get me to come out from behind the bar. However, (laughs) there are these entitled people that are angry about COVID. They're angry about politics. They're angry that their food's taking a long time. And they pretty much tell me nobody wants to work. I'm literally working (laughs) when they're telling me that. So I thought we'd share some stories um, my first experience when, um, and it's funny because this is the first place I waitress. It was called Perkins. It's like a breakfast lunch place. We have them in Ohio. I'm not sure if they're a nationwide chain or not, but I'm going to look up their logo. I think I know. Yes. I was a waitress there when I was 16, which was great money, you know? Um, but I'll never forget. I actually went in there with my mom and my grandma, you know, you get a discount and we were having food and our waitress was another new girl who I didn't know. And so she tells us, my, they ordered food, I think luncheon food or whatever. She comes back and gives us all pancakes. And my mom looks at her. She's like, oh, that's that's not what we ordered. I think this is somebody's order. And she goes, oh, I know, but this was so much easier for me to put in. The, the server said that? <laughs> and that was the first, it was the, by far one of the funniest. Like, we just ate the pancakes because we didn't yeah. even at that point know what to say. But. <laughs> That was my first, like, probably one of the funniest serving experiences that didn't even happen, like, 
to me as a server. But um, so I've got quite a few of those. What's your what's your first memory of like at being a server or whatever that you were just kind of outraged by one side or the other? <laughs> oh man. Um first experiences. Boy, that's that's hard because we're talking some early stuff. Uh I was so I was at a Chick-fil-A. Um, and so this was my first job um okay. in high school. Of course it was, Hody. And we had these <laughs> Big glass doors, and you are eating fried chicken at Chick Fil A, and the fingerprints on that oh. door. I'm telling you, and and they would set me up on like the cashier, the closest to the door, and just be like, "Hey, just when you see somebody get their fingerprints on the door, if you could just wipe it off." Mm-hmm. And of course, me not knowing, I'm like, "Oh, okay. I'm sure very few people do that. There's a bar across there. I'm sure they grab yeah. onto. No problem. Yeah, nobody uses that bar." <laughs> Nobody used that bar. Everybody just used the handwrite against it. And it's hard to blame because you don't really think about it. You're just kind of like, yeah, I'm just, I'm this tall. I'm not going to reach down here to do the bar. I'm going to push it open with my hand, whatever. But I got to tell you, those big clear glass doors, it was, um, it it was a, it was a daily experience. Um, If I can get a little... (laughs) Uh, gross on this one. Go for uh, it. In the this same is on the job. run too, so you can swear all you want, Hody. I know that's, <laughs> that's your true. favorite thing to do. <laughs> you may prefer swearing to what I'm about to say on this one. <laughs> so this was back in an era, and I believe they have stopped doing this, but where uh, they didn't want you to flush your tampons yes. or pads, they have a box there on the side, a little so metal awesome. box, and. The concept of the metal box is awful. First of all, yes, you can put a plastic bag in there, but since it doesn't go around the back, as soon as it folds in, nobody in their right mind is going to stick their hand in there (laughs) to put the flap back out, right? And I got to say, because no... Nobody wanted to clean it. Now, I'm a dude, but they would send me in there to clean it because nobody wanted to do it, right? (laughs) And I got to say, like... And, and this is, again, no offense. I, I totally understand. It's it's a bodily function. If it happened to me naturally, I'd be just as frustrated. Don't judge women. But, like, it, it is the most, like, if it sits in there for a day and you just clean it out at the end of the night, it is the most foul-smelling, yeah. like, you trap the smells in all the the different pads and tampons mingle with each other. How much did you get paid hourly? Try to clean it out of there. I mean, that was a... <laughs> So keep in mind, I am not a young chicken anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I believe this was uh, seven twenty-five an hour. I believe. Yeah. So when you're yeah. complaining that nobody wants to work at Burger King, maybe. <laughs> and I would say I think they're probably paying eleven or twelve now. They're on the lower end because I right. know Chick Fil A pays sixteen. But yeah, um, good. You know, maybe you wouldn't want to clean out the sanitary napkins for twelve dollars yeah. an hour either. <laughs> right. I mean, it was just. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has it a little differently. So some days, you know, you get the light flows and then some days you get the people who you're like, there is probably like, I'm pretty sure I've seen a fetus in there before. And I'm just like, I don't want to. And it's they make it like because it's a deep enclosed tin, it is very hard to clean out. So like, I mean, and and it's one of those things like they'll just tell you to clean it out, not like give you anything. So like you feel bad asking for like gloves or like, hey, like, hey, I need a towel that you're never going to need again. Like, can I have that? Like, Ramso is going to be so, so <laughs> that is awesome. No, I know, like, as far as bathrooms go. Yeah. So this actually just happened recently, which I've had some, I, I've 
cleaned that same thing out too. Yeah. So when I'm bartending at the end of the night, I close and it takes me about an hour to an hour and a half to finish my closing duties. Mind you, in that mm-hmm. time, I'm not making any tips. So I'm making less than minimum wage to right. clean up your bathroom. Two bucks. I, a janitor makes a lot more than I do at that point. Yep. So yep. I go in and there was some guys that I actually had to cut off, which I don't do a lot unless I feel like they're not being safe or they're driving or whatever. Most people have arrived, but I apparently they decided to go into the men's restroom, take off. There's a urinal and um, a toilet, but it's a single restroom. And obviously the sink. we're a very, very clean place. Um, they took all the handles off of it, broke the, the sink. So where the faucet was running and decided <sighs> at that point, since nothing would be flushable that they would use the floor. Cause there was a floor drain. Oh my gosh. And ironically, the guy was so drunk. He ran out when I was trying to take his keys that he accidentally left his phone. So I gave it to my boss. Oh my <laughs> But gosh. yeah, it's, it was just like, that's disgusting. So, you know, most people don't do that kind of stuff, but when you work at a bar where they're serving alcohol, yep. it does happen more than, you know, bars get rocky. I got to yeah. tell you, there's definitely a difference. You know, Utah, we got all these strict guidelines. We could, if you can oh, even yeah. call what we sell. Booze. Yeah. They're like, okay, you had an amaretto sour you can have another drink next year right that's exactly <laughs> it right with like a yeah like a half shot of the amaretto part yeah. in it it's just so like it's so hard to get drunk here i actually didn't know about the beer difference until i had a friend come over because i've never drank my whole life um but he came over and uh visited me and i i bought some blue moons just for mm-hmm. for him being like hey he's going to love this cuz he loves you know the the orange ales mm-hmm. and drank it was just like and he went through all six and was like dude i got to be honest with you i feel nothing right now <laughs> like i have just and that's when i found out about the difference in like the volume mm-hmm. and we got this shit this extra low thing and uh but i could tell the difference so i went from utah to colorado and i've been in uh washington and texas and i got to tell you you can immediately tell the difference between the strong liquors and people's behaviors very quickly. (laughs) Uh, I was in a very busy Buffalo Wild Wings in Colorado and having to escort people to the exit was a, an at least nightly activity. I mean, it's, and it's funny, you know, and I'm sure, sure Trisha, you can relate to this, but you know, when people say like, well, servers make it sound so awful, but most people aren't awful thing is say, say one out of every 500 people are awful. Well, I've had restaurants that serve 2,000 people a day. I've yeah. had restaurants that serve 3,000 people a day. So if you have one out of every 500 people, and this is, this is a common one when I was in management, then this is – I was still in the era when the, the, the guest was always right, and I'm yes. thankful that that is ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's a direction we could talk about with this because there are sometimes when the guest is not even in the ballpark of right, right. and you're rewarding but, bad behavior and encouraging it at that. Absolutely, point. but this is an era where I had a guest. Um, I mean, I mean, you'll have a guest, you know, ask straight up and just say like, "I don't want a woman. I don't want a man. I don't want a. I don't want one of the Mexicans serving me. I don't want a." you know, anybody over the age of 40 serving me. Sometimes they'll just be blatant and say, I want the hottest person you have as a server, you know? And is it common? Well, not if you're looking at it as like an overall sense of human beings thing. Mm -hmm. But when I serve 3000 people on a Saturday, that will happen. Right. You know, four, five, six times. Oh yeah. And it's just like, and that is an, 
you know, unfortunately, I was in the era where you reward that behavior. Mm-hmm. You say, yes, I'll, we'll make it happen. I'll get you the hottest person. I said no once to somebody who was a blatant pedophile. And I actually saved this email. This is a fun one to share. Oh. Um, and they were like, I asked for somebody, the youngest girl they had. And like the girls there all looked like they were over 18. And so I'm never going back there again. I'm going to this other restaurant because the girls are 14 there and they like flirt with me and bounce their boobs and stuff. And I was just like, this person's like gross. Right. Yeah. So we get this email in this complaint and I just dismiss it. Right. I'm just like, whatever. You don't want them as a customer. And my regional manager emails back and is like, Hey, have you offered this person like gift cards yet to come back in? (sighs) And I'm just like, dude, Keith, like, I'm not offering a pedophile gift card to go. No, I haven't. And like, I, I, it's, you know, I don't like drawing lines because I try to be as, you know, nice as I can here, but there's no way, like I cannot have this person in the restaurant. I mean, and at that point I'm doing, I'm rewarding a bunch of racist, sexist, bigoted behaviors, but like, I'm just like, I don't, at some point I have to draw the line. Is there, there is no line for these regional managers. The line is, Whatever makes the complaint go away. Yes. But I think you're right when you say, well, I've always worked for us. I've very occasionally worked for corporations in any field that I've worked in, um, but generally work for small business, uh, which I do like that because obviously when I go to the boss, she owns the place and she says, yep. you don't have to put up with that. But I noticed like um, having been a server when I was younger, obviously a female bartender, worked at some college bars. Uh, people expect uh, you as a woman, and I'm sure this probably happens to guys too from uh, women or men, um, to act like you're more than just their server. You know, they want to give you a hug. They want to squeeze your waist. Yeah. They want to kiss your hand. More to girls like, than guys for sure. Yeah, pr- yes, I know what I'm you're saying, talking I'm just about. saying that. It's, I'm not <laughs> saying it hasn't happened to young men. Yeah. And I, I have seen that because I've worked with male bartenders before. But uh, overall, yeah. it happens to me quite a bit. Yeah. And we had this guy... Um, who had a tablet and he was for better lack of words, um, gross, but just didn't smell well. Um, he would stare and then, but you know, that's fine. I'll serve you. I'll be nice to you. But I noticed his tablet was always following me around. Well, here, a friend of the owner's daughter sat down next to him and realized he was taking pictures of me every time I turned around and he'd done it to another. And I said, if you need to put that away, that's what I'm not, not here for. You can't take pictures of me home with you. And it's gross. I was pregnant at the time. Um, and I went and talked to my boss. And back in the day, they probably would have said, oh, just put up with it. It's fine. You know, whatever. She goes, you kick him out. She's like, you do, you do whatever you want. It's your bar. Yeah. She goes, you have to put up with anything. And, and that's really nice because it didn't used to be like that. You're right. You know, but so that's the kind of crap you put up with. So when people say nobody wants to work, it's like, Ohio, our unemployment rate is back down to 4.5%, which is what it was in January of when the pandemic two years ago. So people do want to work. They are working. They're just not working in these places anymore. You know, I think that's important for people to know. And also you need to be a little patient. When I say to somebody, you know, I'm sorry, it's going to be a long time. If you want speedy food, go to carry out. You know what I mean? Don't, when you go to service, you're actually paying for somebody to serve you hot food and then clean up after you and -hmm. give you suggestions. And so you don't have to do anything. So if you want that, you have to pay for that. And it might not be as good as it used to be, but then don't go out to eat. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's, it's a choice that you get to make. Uh, A lot of people who are like, I don't like tipping my server. They should take care of that. 
And I, I think that's the wrong attitude to have. It's mm-hmm. a pay by performance. I want to pay for service because that ensures that it's good service. Yes. Believe me, I have seen places where we had to, you know, where state regulations. I've opened two restaurants in Washington, a Texas Roadhouse and a, and a Buffalo Wild Wings. And in both of them, you know, they got rid of the service model. Now, did they officially get rid of it? No, but they made the wages so that there was no way we could pay that plus tips. So we're just like, okay. So the Texas Roadhouse, we full-fledged converted that uh, into into a uh into a sizzler pretty much you order with the cashier and then somebody gotcha. just drops yeah. it off you know so there was no service was there extra problems with that yeah a lot yeah. like did people like it as much no right. it's not anywhere close to as good without it but that's what happens when you kind of get on this flat wage system you know service is going to be slower because there's nobody incentivized to make it faster and you know and yeah. and you mentioned trisha that yeah. like getting paid like Part of why people left is because, yeah, like I love the fact that I got to make high-end accountant money. But when less people started coming in, when government mm-hmm. started shutting down stuff, when people are afraid to go out, well, then all of a sudden I'm making less tip money and I would need a positive environment to keep me there. And a lot of these places did not have that to fall back on. Yeah. Well, with one thing about being tipped too, generally people look at it as percentage, although sometimes they'll just do it as, mm-hmm. you know, I'm giving this flat amount or whatever. And I am one person that always appreciates a tip if it's given, like not to be like a slap in my face, or I, I very much appreciate people tipping me and most people are great. Yeah. Now there's a lot of inflation. I think like right now, it's so funny. I was reading, uh, it was a meme, but it's true because I work in a place that sells a lot of wings. A lot of places are chicken wings yeah. are market price. They can't put a price on the menu right now. I mean, the, it's ridiculously inflated. Like our oil is twice as what it used to be. So, you know, we obviously have to raise menu prices. The good thing as a tipped employee, it means that I'm not going to stay at a flat wage. My tip will go up. You know what I mean? So I'm, I, I have to pay for things that are more expensive now too. Therefore, I'm going to be making more money because obviously if your bill used to be $30 and it's 40, I'm going to make that percentage difference. Yep. Um, which is unfortunate for the customer. But again, if you want to pay for service, then that would be something that you have to go out initially and consider when you're going out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, but it's it's also frustrating because I get a lot of people complaining about it. Um, yeah. You know, all well, these prices. And I said, unfortunately, you know, she tried to hold them down as long as she could, but it's just, you know, that's the way it is. Some people don't believe you. Most people understand um, that. And also just shortages. You know, I'll go into work right now. I don't know what beer we have. We don't have a beer wine list anymore because we can't get half of it. Yeah. 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 Beer's a toughie. Uh, Yeah. Liquors and you order meat and it helps if you're a busy restaurant because you can, you can know that anything you order too much of will be gone at least the next day because you'll sell it. But yeah, local places, man, that is such a tough, you know, Sometimes you'll get a party coming in and they all want burgers and you just sold 50 burgers and you're like, well, I made 70 patties for the day. Is 20 going to get us through the rest of the night? That's what we see a lot with chicken wings right now. I mean, it's just, it's, I can't, I don't know what it is about that. I'm sure it has to do a lot with the meat processing facilities and what they went through. But so people are pretty pissed off about their chicken wings. That's another thing. Your server does not determine the menu price people. Like, (laughs) nothing to do with it yeah we wish yeah is some <laughs> yeah. stuff not worth it you know what you yeah. should ask your server what's worth yeah. it on the menu and what's yeah. not you know i generally uh, <laughs> honestly answer that too and i don't i don't oh, know yeah. if i always feel good about that but it's like you ask me a question i'm gonna tell you the truth no you're not gonna like the teriyaki it's not good 
Yeah. I mean, or even just the best like value picks, like, is this worth it? And I can be like, you know, this, uh, I, I love the menu at Texas roadhouse. The truck, the, the chicken fried steak is not good. I mean, that's just, that's baked into it. That's, the type of cut that is used. I'm for ready it for is... Texas Roadhouse to sue Hody John. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> I love almost everything about it. But if yeah. somebody's like, "Am I going to be happy with that?" I'd be like, "You know what? Probably not for the price that it's at." You know what you might be happy with, and then I'll give you some of those. You know, and and it's uh, and and your server generally knows what pe- what do people leave that they're happy with? What do they leave that they're not happy with? Now, of course, reservers we. We want to sell big ticket stuff. I want you to order the porterhouse. But if you're not happy with the porterhouse and I recommend it, then all of a sudden my tip is tied to it. So, I mean, yeah. for me as a server, I always want to do what's right for the guest if my tip is tied to it. Mm-hmm. So it's a really great question to ask your server because what because they know then, as opposed to just, hey, I'm going to try to sell you the big thing. Hey, guess what the special is today? Yeah. Instead, say like, well, what do you reckon? What are your favorite things on the menu? What do you think the best value on the menu is? And that really gets them to understand that, hey, you're tying your tip to this recommendation. And I think that that's a, it's a smart way to go about it, you know, cause that way, that way, you know, that the, those two are linked and you're going to get an actual honest recommendation as opposed well, to just the most pricey thing out there. You were talking about steaks, Hody. And I think that we just have to talk about this. Okay. This oh yeah. Really important. Oh. And we'll do it in honor, honor of Dale, a friend of the, we are libertarians network. Cheers. Dale. Um, <laughs> so uh, it depends. So what kind of cut you get right now? I know that mm. depends on what you can't get as a restaurant. However, I went to, and I'm going to name this place because it's a chain and I don't feel like they're going to die. If I, it was Fleming's, <laughs> it's a upscale steakhouse. It's the first yeah. time I ever went. We went out for my husband's birthday, like, um, like a date night. Now I eat keto most of the time. And so I love a good steak. Obviously that hits a lot of my macros and their steak is you just pay for the piece. Everything's a la carte. Obviously that's, it was a $50 New York strip steak. It was probably the worst steak. <laughs> Your picture of it made, like wrecked my mood. That it was so it bad. Was bad. And I was gracious about it. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, the service was good. I didn't, the server, sure. I didn't, you know, she didn't suffer. The manager came over and everything. But yep. I just thought that it's got to be that they don't have enough cooks and nobody's trained. Because you, you can't charge that. But then we went to a local place. My, my steak, which actually came, this was a place that served it with, you know, your salad and a potato or which I got the green beans, but it was $35 and it was the most beautiful, tender, brilliantly cooked steak. The service was just as good. And so sometimes I feel like it's not necessarily the server's fault or it's not necessarily how nice the restaurant on it. It's the one dude on the line cooking who probably yep. didn't go to culinary school. I'm going to be honest. People. No, I mean, and, and I didn't either. And I've had to cut them before myself. And now you and I are both New York strip people. Yes. Uh, whoop, whoop. Yeah, uh, that's I, my favorite cut. It is the best mix of tenderness and flavor that there mm-hmm. is, you know, the yeah. straight ribeye people. Um, I can't do that. I mean, I'll eat it and I'll enjoy it, but I can't. And then at filet, I like it too. But at the same time, I'm like, I need a little more fat. You know. Yeah, you know the yeah, right. So the concept is that the that there's a rendering process, right? Mm-hmm. The fat turns to kind of a buttery consistency, right? right. And I, I have yet to see a ribeye that isn't way beyond well done, where the fat is actually red, rendered down to butter. It's yeah. usually too thick or hard to do it. You know, um, you maybe could do it with a really thin cut, but it's you know it's it's just a it's a 
chunk it's a section and i I, and you know what if you like the ribeye and you like that section and you like that if you like gristle and you have no taste and you're not an american i mean that's (laughs) fine we're fine with that we're individuals we're libertarians you go ahead and just be really bad at choosing steak (laughs) you do what you like yeah you know whereas the sirloin you know obviously that's got like the the least fat content and it gets you know kind of hard as a result of that filet is easily the most tender but like you said there's not always enough you know, fat in there to really, I like to add an ice buttery sauce to the top of it. If I make a filet, that's right. Yeah. Right. Whereas strip, you know, the strip obviously got the fat on the one side and, you know, you probably shouldn't eat that, but if you do, that's, that's fine too. It depends on how thick they leave that on. If it's thin, then it's, you don't even notice it. You know, if they leave it on real thick, then whatever. My steak at Fleming's, I noticed Mm -hmm. it. Everybody in the restaurant noticed it. Everybody on Facebook could have had its own seat in the restaurant. That was the most, I mean, I think the problem with yours is the great part about the New York strip is the fat in it is just enough that it, it melts nicely when you cook it. it And I got it medium rare. I didn't go rare. I wouldn't go rare on us. They, they didn't pretty much, I, I, to say they cooked it is almost an insult to cooking, but yours was blue. (laughs) Yes. Um, and the, the fact that I was, you know, the fat on the one side, fine, but it was the fat all in the middle that still hadn't rendered down yet. And I was like, that is so thin. Like, even if you do it regular rare, that's going to melt. So you just got something. Yeah. I know some people call it blue. Um, that I just that, call it a health hazard. I mean, that's just I gross. Think so too. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. At that point, I can taste the fact that it's not cooked. It's not like having a warm red center. It's like I I should be eating steak tartare, which I wouldn't because yeah. obviously that would have some acid on it to make it. <laughs> you right. Know. Anyway, right. All this I, is a, a cooking process, you know, and, and, and everybody will like it a little bit differently. You know, there's a cooking thing that happens when you cook meat. You're looking at chemical compounds that are changing, that are, you know, mm-hmm. based on heat. It absolutely is something, uh, milk's a tough one when it, if you use milk or cream in like a gravy, that's when you got to watch out for because like as soon as it's, oh, like if you've heated to the point of boiling, those compounds have broken to the point where it's going to be a weaker gravy and yeah. meat goes through kind of the same process. There's a magic space that usually some, everybody has it usually between well and rare. If you want a pure raw, like the tartare, like you said, that's, yeah. that's not cooked. They, but they do something else to make that edible. Yeah. So when you're doing like a blue steak, I don't get it because it's not acidic. You just, <laughs> you just didn't do enough of the thing that adds flavor to it. And I think know? we've, we've all gone to a restaurant and got the wrong temperature steak. So that's not the worst right. thing, you sure. know? And uh, it was funny. We were also talking just like on things in the service industry. People might not know sending a steak back to refire and stuff. Isn't actually the biggest loss a restaurant gets. Mm-mm. It's your damn ranch dressing, people. We charge uh, for ranch. People get mad. I'm like, this isn't free. You can't get 66 buckets of dressing for free. <laughs> it's all sauces. Every, the yes. most expensive thing, the biggest thing in the waste column is sauce. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. And ranch sauce. has become a new ketchup. Which oh, yeah. Ketchup to me is just the most disgusting thing that's ever existed. But um, <laughs> if you also, yeah, if you also, if you don't have any tastes, you, it is, I'm a voluntarist. So you go ahead and have four tastes. <laughs> I feel like you and I have very similar taste buds because I'm like ketchup. I'm just like, what? Yeah. Sugar vegetable? Yeah. That's I don't exactly want this. what it is. Yeah, I don't want that. That's a bitter sugar vegetable. Like I could, no. I'm not even a huge barbecue person, but I can do a barbecue, like a vinegary barbecue. I could, mm. I can get down with that if I was eating carbs. Like, but, oh, I love barbecue. But, yeah. But, oh. <laughs> yeah, ketchup, ketchup is a big no for me. I actually don't even use it as a base in my in my barbecue sauce. Um, it's a yeah, yeah but you oh know no. what? If you like it, fine. The people who 
some people add so much ranch dressing to like a salad. I'm like, do you have taste buds? Like, yeah. Can you really not taste ranch until you have that much ranch on it? Also, like there's what a difference happened? between Johnny Marzetti Ranch and a homemade ranch at a steakhouse. That's oh, yeah. good. Like a peppercorn ranch. That's good. You'll need a yeah. little bit. Ranch is a ranch is one that's hard to get right. Uh and that that is when I hats off to the people that have a homemade recipe or the restaurants that have a homemade recipe that get it right. It can be a toughie. That's a, uh, I will say that. And you, yes, it, you are just mostly mixing stuff together. But to get it to the point, you know, I think ranch is always on the edge of gross. Yes. Because you got can be. mayonnaise and, yeah. <laughs> and like sour cream and you're just, and, you know, and if it stays out too and, long, it kind of looks like gelatin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got, you keep it at room temp for a while and yeah, all of a sudden that thing gets gnar. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, and so like, it's, it's wonderful. I love ranch dressing. It's probably, I, I guess it's one of my favorite dressings, but yeah, it's very easy to get wrong. And, um, and a bad ranch, I find that there are a couple of foods that make me not want to eat that kind of food for a long time. If I have ranch dressing, that's not good. I will pass on ranch for like a calendar year Yeah. until, and then until I'm like psychologically ready to have some again. Well, I think the best ones... Boy, we real. This really is a show about whatever we want it to be about. But it's fun. Yeah. That's what I love about on the run. But We're um, on the run, yeah. <laughs> but as far as being keto, I always look at you know obviously carbohydrate content. Ranches yep. that have too much sugar are gross. You know what I mean? I think that's the key. I, I, it, it gives this like sweet taste in your mouth that it shouldn't. Yep. It shouldn't be sweet. It should be creamy. Everybody has, you know, we talk about the steak that you know the consistency and the the, the flavor that they like on their palate. Everybody's going to have a sugar tolerance. Now, one of the things that I love about barbecue is that it hits every flavor of the, t- the every area of the tongue, right? And that's one of the that's more more people culinary artists should should see that, you know. And then it's like, hey, you know, why does salt work with caramel? Well, yeah. it's not that salt is actually the flavor you usually think of or want when you have something sweet, but it helps it helps it get more over your whole palate. And so you it's enjoy diverse, it, Hody. right? Yes. Right. And so you're <laughs> trying to hit all these different areas of the palate and sugar is one I find just a little bit goes a long way. You get yeah. a little bit sugar. You're going to get that front of the tongue. I mean, it's the first thing you taste the front of the tongue, the sweet yeah. part. Right. And so like, if I get it there, I'm like, okay, I got it. When people keep adding sugar to like, and like you said, there are ranch dressings that are sugar. Yeah, you, doesn't I'm just eat, like, you don't eat sugar in your ranch dressing. I got don't. it. You put a half, like you put a half a teaspoon yeah. in a gallon and you are beyond good. Yeah. And, and, and some of these recipes will be like, now throw a cup in there. Yeah. It's like, can you really not taste the sweet? Is that what it takes for you? I think what lot, like the American tongue? diet has, we're ad- so addicted to sugar in a lot of yeah. ways, which I don't, you know, I'm personally not one of those people that's like, keto is the only way I, I think if you're going to have sugar, you make a cake, you put some real freaking sugar in it and you have yeah. your, you know what I mean? Well, the FDA for the longest time, I mean, they even had like public service announcements asking you to pass up on a, uh, a steak and, and, and get ice cream instead. Yeah. And a lot of that is, you know, because of sugar buyouts and corporate interests and stuff that we had yeah. going on behind the scenes. The government would never these. do that, Hody. They always oh, I know. do what's There's best so- for us. It's never about making money. Those those people are public servants. They probably go to bed at night worrying about our families. Right. Yeah. And they wonder why everybody 
you know, walks around looking like, you know, from that era looking like, you know, Rutherford B. Hayes or, you know, and why people have, why getting stuck in the bathtub was a big problem when the FDA was recommending all this sugar in your diet. And it's like, guys, I, why did the diabetes worst. become Rutherford such a problem? Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> you're walking around, you just kind of look, everybody's just kind of looks like a little bit of a, yeah. Like a little bit of a like clown outfit with the fake hula hoop under there. Yeah, and like, also kind of like they might be a corpse. They're a little too animated to be one, but they've got that gray look to their face. Right. So Yeah. And they're like, I mean, they're like, check out Teddy Roosevelt, like the most fit dude of his time. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know. He looks ca- <laughs> I'm skinnier than Teddy is. Was he the most fit dude of his time? Like, I'm not necessarily ripped right now, but I look better than Teddy. And they're like, well, at the time, we were they were really heavy on sugar. And unfortunately, that's, yeah, it's still not entirely When I feel gone. bad about myself, Pody, I just look in the mirror and I think, damn, girl, you look so much better than Teddy Roosevelt. That's right. And he was considered really hot. Yeah. You know, and like, so like, for me, I'm just like, you know what? If I was just born 120 <laughs> years earlier, people would be all over Yes, me, they'd be you know? pawing at you. Right. <laughs> It's me. I got Teddy on one side, Woodrow Wilson on the other. And all of a sudden, oh, Hody doesn't look so bad. You know? <laughs> also, politically speaking. You, well, yeah, that too. I mean, I mean that's, <laughs> you know, socialism is cancer, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> I didn't manage to kill a bunch of people and yes. create a department that recommended sugar over meat. Yes. <laughs> good for me. Good for me. I am not doing so bad. Yeah, I... Uh, I don't know. I know we're kind of a little bit off the off the subject to say, but, but it was I, fun. It and is, actually, now yeah. I'm looking at the clock and I'm realizing I never took a mid show break, but that's okay. So I thought we might wrap up with um, a couple of stories. Mm. If you have one, maybe a good heartwarming story about the service industry, maybe something you've experienced lately, or something you want to share with people about when they go out. Yeah, I mean, I guess heartwarming for me um, when I. You know, my my life kind of fell off the rails a little bit, you know, and I went through my little crisis and divorce and everything. It's funny looking back on it because I'm just I'm so grateful for it. But mm-hmm. at the time, I thought it was terrible. Um, and I was just so sad and depressed. And I just remember at, like being scared of everything. Just am I going to make enough money? Because I'm, I'm a homeowner, I'm a car owner. All of a sudden, I went from paying these things together to me paying these things by myself. You know, am I going to be able to make it? I wasn't going to do it at the bank. And I, and I was like, oh, man, I wonder if I could do it as a server. I remember making decent money at Applebee's. Hopefully I still make good money now. And I just remember finishing the first week and I, I put all the money in a jar at the end of the night, counting the jar. And I just got tears in my eyes and I was just so grateful. And I was like, I'm going to be OK because I can do this. Like, And this is... And, and, you know, it's hard to to think about it this way, but this is something I wasn't going to survive a banker's salary for, mm-hmm. but I was going to survive on a server salary. And, and it's just, you know, and so like with all these horror stories and terrible people and racists and weird hours and working on holidays, of course there are drawbacks. Absolutely. But if you've got a little bit of a personality and you have big dreams and, and or maybe you're in a place like I was where you just say, maybe it's like I got kids to support and mm-hmm. things are kind of overwhelming me right now. And 
I am so far away from a, an $80,000, $100,000 a year job. But I have this lifestyle that has needs like I have an $80,000, $100,000 year job. Um, serving probably is not your worst answer. Right. Um, it's a great one. I mean, and, and with the weird hours, most people are so grateful to have them right now that you can just walk in and say, mm-hmm. here's the shifts I can work. And they'll give it to you. Yeah, the and market is letting the, the worker demand and they'll take it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I literally work. Well, I'll pick up other shifts too. You know, obviously call us, but I work one sure. day a week set. I yeah. asked for that. I got it. You know, yeah. that's not common. So Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you, you make friends, you get regulars, you get, um, you know, the friendships you have with your fellow servers. It, it's a tough one to replace because it's, it's almost like you got war stories. You know, I've been yeah. in a golden corral that's open on Thanksgiving and, or the, you know, Veterans Day with the free meals or whatever. And you're just like, oh, no kidding. This, they did that. Yeah. You're just oh like, this gosh, is going to be wild. You know, <laughs> like this is going to yeah. get wild. And you kind of look at each other at the end of the night. And some people, of course, since the meals were free, people decided not to tip. Yeah. And some people, you know, got a hundred dollars on three different tables. So they made 300 plus their tips for the rest of the night. And, you laugh and you tell these stories, but you really do develop a, a, it's you're, you're legitimately in the trenches with your fellow service people. And, um, you know, you were talking about how like you had a bar and the high tops. I know Jamie had this happen frequently, but people would just, they'd be like, well, it's open seating at the bar, but they would sit at a dirty table (laughs) and then be like, (laughs) this table's dirty. It's like, yeah, open seating doesn't mean sit at a dirty table. They're all clean. Yes. It means find the find one that's open, right? I'll just go grab the one dish guy that we kept during the pandemic that's also answering the phones and delivering pizzas. He'll be happy to come out and clean this in the middle of a ship. Right. If I could just share anything, just try to understand what they're going through. Look, if you have a legitimately bad... I think that there's a lot of... people. People are afraid to not or to talk about times they didn't tip a bad server. Hey, if you got bad service and right. it's legitimately the service fault, do not tip. Um, it There's incur- been times it- I've royally screwed up and I did not oh. respect. Like I, and I like yep. put things back twice because, because my head was, I was so crazed and busy or whatever. Yep. I don't expect somebody to tip me for giving them. Have you pocketed them, you know? an order before? Forgot to ring it in 30 oh, minutes later. Yes. You're like, where is that damn food? Oh, and, and you you're know, like, you know how Ooh. good cooks like that when you oh. come up and they're busy and you're like, can you do me the biggest favor? And they look at you like, I don't care if you go out there and they murder you. Yeah. <laughs> I got all this food to cook. I'm like, oh, damn. Can you bump mine to the front? Like, yes. Dude, that's going to make all these tickets messed up. And you're like, yeah. well, can you do it for me? <laughs> I do. I did. They generally do though, because I always try to, you know, mm. that's another thing about working in that kind of industry. I try to throw something back. If they make a mistake on my food, I'm not going to bitch at them. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, it's fine. Just refire. I don't need to say anything. We'll I am not at all fluent, but I speak just enough Spanish to make the kitchen like me. Yeah. And that is, uh, <laughs> that has been critical on some of these errors that I have made. But if something like that happens, you know, and you know what, uh, now, Trisha, you and I have also talked before how sometimes you get bigger tips when something wrong occurs because yes. it's an opportunity, it creates an opportunity for you to say, like, here's what I'm going to do as a server to take care of this problem. But, if you know, if you're just feeling like it was generally poor performance, like I said, I've had it before, don't pay. Yeah. This is the best part. And this is why, like, I wish they would do this with more professions, like, can you imagine athletes? Like if you struck out four times looking in one ball game, 
and that was your stat line. If they were, if you're just like, you know what, fans, that one's on me. Like, don't even, don't (laughs) even pay for that ticket. Like, you don't, you don't pay for the ticket until you sit down. And that's when you start shelling out the bucks when people are hitting home. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, those athletes are starting to work out a little bit more now, right? Like, and, and there's just, there's no doubt that incentive just creates this big, you know, does the you know better better performance yes. and better product well that's I, why i you know I, i'm a fan of austrian economics and it oh, makes yeah. a lot of sense you know what i mean i um, do wish there was some way to get the cooks in on it too yeah. i think i would love it if there's some way that the the cooking process and the serving process was tipped I in think our in our good. kitchen we do a huge carry out so there are a lot of tips and they split them between the entire kitchen mm, good so you know what i mean they do at good. the end of the night i know my daughter used to work there and at the end of the night and they're making good you know, wages. Yeah. So at the end of the night, they usually would each get at least 20, 25 bucks. That's pretty good if you're making 15, 16, $17 an hour. So yeah, totally. Yeah. Good. Um, good. I, and I wanted to share as I'm closing out here, my, my last, my good story here. I had somebody this week, uh, two guys, they're from Belarus. So like, you know, they speak Russian, had had them forever. And I'd had a couple bad weeks just cause we didn't have the normal People got scared and they were sick and, you know, Omicron and then just bad weather and things like that. So financially, I hadn't had a couple, you know, they come in, oh, you had your baby, you know, this and that. And I hadn't seen them since I was pregnant behind the bar. Very nice. They drink Guinness and Irish whiskey, which always makes me laugh. (laughs) And they had arm wrestling contests with the other, you know, patrons. It was was quite a fun night. (laughs) And at the end of the night, he hands me, says, give me your hand. And he puts my cash tip in my hand, which is they always, I remember they always put me cash. And they tapped me well over a hundred dollars on an $80 tab. And that was just like, you know what? That made up for what I missed last week. It was fun. He kept the other people engaged, which uh, everybody having fun, you know, they tip more too. And so there, and I'm not saying you have to do that, but boy, if you ever have the opportunity just to do that, I've done that kind of thing before, like Christmas time, whatever. It's just a real blessing for somebody in that industry. And it makes them remember why they're cleaning tampons out of the bathroom. It'll put tears of joy in your eyes. Uh, No joke. You know, and you might, it might be a hundred dollars that you were just going to spend on the next mobile game or, you know, and if you need to keep it, keep it. But if it is something that you just say, you know, I've got a little extra right now and I'm in the mood to share a few people will appreciate that. Like your server does. Yeah. So on that note, I want to end on a high note there. And yeah, um, uh, I wanted to say y'all pray for Remzo. I'm sure he will be back soon. Um, I don't believe he's missing any shows because he's a workaholic. But in the meantime, you can find, if you go to wearelibertarians.com, which is the network we're all on, you can find Hody's show, Enemy My Enemy. You can find some of my Ginger Archie archives. You can find the main show, Chris Spengel show, all kinds of good stuff. Um, right, you can also, it'll link to over to Remzo's site so you can follow all his projects. And thank you so much for listening. Y'all have a lovely day. Bye.